0: what is going on everybody thank you guys for joining us here at vcast Uh, this month we're doing a special series on love and we understand from the bible that god is love and that he showed and demonstrated love through jesus and that he requires us to love but what does it really mean to love like jesus loved find out today on our podcast enjoy All right. So last podcast, we talked about how love needs to be on display. We talked about when you look in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that the words for love are not simply just love. Like we're not talking about Ahava, we're talking about Chesed. We're talking about a love that does that that shows itself it's displayed it's a love that's displayed that's the type of love that we need agape love right it's a it's a undying unconditional faithful love right um and so when we look at love as a concept it's saying we need to we can't just speak it i think that's what one of the verses we went over where it says uh little children um let us not love in word or talk but indeed, and in truth, which I think is super important um, in order for us to truly love people, we have to show that love. But my the thing that I think we need to talk about now is um, in the world that we live in today. How? How? To what extent does that love go? Because today the biggest thing is is tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. That you you're intolerant, right? That's that's the number one thing leveled against Christians, um, because of our disagreement with homosexuality as a lifestyle. Um, um, you know, we regard it as a as a sinful lifestyle, and so people would say, "Well, you're intolerant because of that." And so, what does it really mean to be tolerant? and to tolerate something, because even in that, it's very tough, because I feel like if, because I don't agree with your lifestyle, I'm accused of not being a loving person, right? It's not very loving of you to not agree with this person. Um, In a sense, that's kind of true, I guess, Um, because it's like, but at the same time, sometimes you just can't, you won't always agree on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that I love you any less. I can disagree with somebody and love them. So I think that's what we're going to talk about today. It's what does love and tolerance actually look like in the 21st century? Um, so real quick, how do you, how would you define tolerance?
1: Um, I think that to, to tolerate something is really just to just not really care about something. Yeah. Um, You're just letting it be because if you did more than tolerate it, you would promote it, right? Right. So like people who support LGBTQ, they don't tolerate LGBTQ. They support it. Right. People who don't care about LGBTQ, the community and all that stuff, they, they just don't. You don't see them at the parade, but you don't see them going against them either they're just there and i don't really care i just let it be so i think to tolerate something to just is just to let it be just you don't care if it exists or doesn't you're just whatever about it it's
0: true yeah so like because immediately where i'm drawn i don't know why i'm drawn here um but but if you're lactose intolerant which when i was younger i thought it was lactose and tolerant but it was lactose intolerant It means your body outright rejects. (laughs) One of the things fell off the wall. Um, Your body outright rejects lactose Mm -hmm. in all of its forms. And so for me, to call me intolerant, it means that I reject people. And that's simply not the case. I don't reject anybody. Um, and and that's, that's the thing that I think we have to clarify is what does it really mean that I'm intolerant? Because if I tolerate something, I like you said, I have to have a disagreement with it, right? Like if I love Starbucks, I don't tolerate it. You know what I mean? But if I don't like Starbucks or if I don't, like I, I'm, it's just not somewhere I would go. It's like I don't really like coffee that much. Then, but because my friend loves it, I'll go there and I'll get something, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll tolerate it. You know what I mean? Because that's fine. It is what it is. My friend likes it. I don't, but I'm still going to go and hang out with them and do life Mm -hmm. because I can tolerate, you know, their love for Starbucks. Um, So then when we look at God, I think we have to describe it because I remember saying this in in a previous podcast and I want to make sure that we kind of break that down. Is God a tolerant God? You know, like does God tolerate people and i think in a sense he kind of does but in another sense he doesn't so um we go back to exodus 34 6 7 where he says that in verse 7 it says that verse 6 says that he's loving god he's gracious merciful kind all that stuff um but in 7 it says that he has a lot of love right he keeps steadfast love for thousands he forgives iniquity and transgression and sin but who will by no means clear the guilty, right? He, that, that's what it says. It says, listen, he's, he's very forgiving and loving, but by no means is he going to just clear the guilty. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let them go. And some people will say, you know, well, I mean, why wouldn't he? And it's like, I mean, would you expect that from a judge? You know, a guy walks into your house and murders a family member then you happen to catch him right after the act and you're able to subdue him, get the police officers. They arrest him. They you they they take him to trial. They And then at the end, they find him guilty. But then the judge turns around and says, well, I'm a very loving judge. I'm very, I'm very yeah. kind and merciful and benevolent judge. That so so wouldn't go well. I'm going to give you another chance. Yeah. So I'm going to let you go. What? You're just going to let this guy go? And so... God does not tolerate sin at all. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, I think that um, like when we bring up the term judge,
0: yeah,
1: when we bring up the term judge, um, what we're usually thinking of, like I've heard it a lot, like you can't um, describe God as a judge because that's a human like thing. Uh-huh. But the thing is that being a judge isn't really a human thing. It's a, it's a God thing. If anything, judges well, when we describe God as a judge, we're not describing him as something that's human. But when we call a person a judge, we're describing them as something that's God-like. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, um, because just as God brings judgment, so do these judges, right. right? So that's why we call them judges in the first place, because they bring judgment, and so does God. So um, God, obviously, being a judge, can't just allow certain things, right? Because yeah. then he's not a just judge, Um but that but that's what he is. he is a judge, so he needs to do what a judge does and actively seek justice right he he needs to he needs to it's his character mm-hmm. if god got God cannot contradict himself and he cannot go against himself so although he forgives iniquity and he forgives transgressions, he actively seeks out justice, which is why just to point back to the cross real quick, that's exactly why what what the cross is. It's him actively seeking justice, but also wow, searching yeah. for a way to forgive people. Mm-hmm. I, how do I do both, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> because I know in um, in um, like things like Islam, right? God forgives who He pleases, and if He doesn't want to, then He doesn't have to, right? right. So, what, what, where's the the standard of justice and forgiveness? How do you do both? Mm-hmm. The Christian God, our God perfectly displays how he can do both without going against his character and Mm -hmm. it's by sending his son down seeking justice but also being loving and forgiving those by putting that justice on his son
0: right because that that's kind of the key there there's a legal understanding of morality Mm -hmm. that that what how we act on an everyday basis has ramifications and consequences for every one of our actions and good actions bear good fruit they come with good consequences i don't know if there's a better there's a is is a consequence a negative word or is it a good consequences neutral?
1: Like good consequences. Yeah,
0: because is a con- consequence has like a negative connotation yeah, to it. Is it, there another word for it?
1: I, I don't know. I think consequence is just yeah, it's neutral. So you can say good consequences because I think consequence just means the result of yeah.
0: something. Yeah, uh, or we could just say that results. You know, like it yeah. uh, uh, yields uh, doing good actions yields better results than doing evil actions. Um, and you reap what you sow. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. There is a legality to morality, right? What you do not only affects you, but it affects other people and you will be judged. Um, And to think that, you know, God's just this super tolerant God that just lets anything slip and go. It's not true. God doesn't tolerate sin. He is a just judge. And I think that's so important to understand. Um, And I like that you brought it back to Jesus, too, because it's John 3, 17, 18, right? God did not send his son into the world. And it's funny, too, because... John three seventeen is the verse that comes after John three sixteen, which is the verse everybody knows. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. We love that verse, right? It's a bumper sticker. We throw it on our coffee mugs. We're like, yeah. yeah, John three sixteen. Praise God. God loves everybody. He's, he sent His Son to die for them. But then you don't read seventeen and eighteen. And 17 and 18 are very, very interesting. Um, I don't know. Did you want to read it real quick? So yeah, I, can, I
1: will. Yeah. Um, it, John three seventeen through 18, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the
0: only Son of God. Mm. So then Jesus himself is saying this too so he's saying god did listen is my father didn't send me into this world to condemn you guys right i didn't come here to judge right i didn't come here to condemn the world but he says but if you don't believe in me you're already condemned right to not believe in jesus um you're already judged i think that's so important because what happens in society today is this you can't judge me Mm-hmm. you're a christian right jesus said judge don't judge lest ye be judged right <laughs> with the with a stricter judge like so it's interesting because we tell people you can't judge me but jesus is saying if you don't believe in me you're already judged and your judgment is condemnation it is you are going you are you have been sentenced already to not believe and trust in me um And so, when people say that, you can't judge me, they're referring back to Matthew 7, right? Matthew 7, 1 through 3. Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And then he says what? Why do you point out the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own? Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, it's true. But it's like, so how does that work? What do you think? Um... Yeah, I think that
1: when it comes to judging other people, I know Paul has also brought this up as well, Yeah, that um, we can't judge those who have um, a speck in their eye without taking out the speck in our own eye, meaning that if we're falling short of something, we can't judge a person for falling short of that thing, right? Um, And Paul brings it up in the aspect of that um, for unbelievers, they don't know any better. So how can you judge them for actions that they don't know are wrong right you know what i mean um you can't get mad at a dog for being a dog right dog is just gonna, that's what it's, it's in its nature mm-hmm. to be a dog you can't get mad at it for that um but for us christians we're called to a higher nature so mm-hmm. when we look at each other we're not just called to be human beings we're called to be godly you can't get mad at a human for acting like a human but you can um, look at someone who's supposed to act godly and say, whoa, Something's you're not off. following that yeah. standard. You know what I mean? So um, Paul, Paul, he says it, and he says that we shouldn't judge unbelievers because they're, they're, they don't know any better. You know right. what I mean? They, they don't know the to how to act in a godly standard. Mm-hmm. And Paul doesn't only say it, but he shows it. Galatians, right. I think, chapter 2, when he opposes Peter, right? And he goes up to Peter because Peter's not acting godly. Right. And he comes up to his face and says, he, he literally says, I opposed him to his face. Right. And I said, this is not how you're supposed to be acting. You either act like Peter or you continue to act like Jews in front of Jews and Gentiles in front of Gentiles. Mm. So do we judge within our own community as Christians? Yes. And I think that we, one, we do it in a loving way, of course. Right. And we seek to bring correction, not um Judgment in the sense where we're like, well, you're yeah. going to hell because now you're
0: aware right. So that, that that's I think that's the key, too. It's just what do you mean by judgment? Mm-hmm. What is a judgment? And to me, when I think of a judgment, I think of um, I think of a judge who pronounces a sentence that is going to declare for the rest of a person's life where they're going to be. You're either going to go home or you're going to prison. Yeah. And in that sense, I would say, we have no right to, ah, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Says who? Oh, I didn't know, you could see somebody's heart? That's pretty sick, I didn't know that. I thought only x-ray technicians could do that. Um, No, but you can't, because you don't know the heart, you can't pronounce upon Mm -hmm. a person's life. Even when somebody dies, you don't really know, you know? You may know the condition that their heart was in, or you could probably see evidence of where their heart was before they passed. But at the end of the day, there some people, you don't know what they're dealing with in their mind and in their heart. So it's like you really can't tell what happened with a person until the day of judgment. You know what I mean? What if there was a person, you know, because can, can a person believe and trust in Jesus at their last waking moment and, and just be in a very point of despair and something happens and God literally takes that happened to the thief on the cross, lived a whole life of immorality then put his faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. So we can't judge where a person goes, but I think what we're required to do, people refer to it as a judgment, but it's really not, right? So like um, the way that I would explain it is like this. Um, uh, You're driving with me in a car, you're in the passenger seat, right? Um, And I'm in the 417 and bro, I'm doing like, like a buck 20. Like I'm doing 120 miles per hour. And you tell me what? You need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to slow down. And 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 then I look to you and I say, don't judge me. Now, why did you tell me to slow down?
1: Because I don't want us both to get hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah, because we could die. Mm-hmm. And another thing, probably a lighter scenario, you're going to get pulled over by a cop and you're going to get... a maybe even arrested for doing that much. <laughs> you know, it just yeah, that's not a that's
1: not a slap on the wrist ticket yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. That's that's a, a,
0: that's a big ticket. That's possibly even arrest. That's reckless driving. But it's it's um I would say that it was a loving thing for you to kindly remind me of the punishment that awaits those who break the law. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. I'm I have no right to say you're judging me because of the way I drive, you're judging me. I'm I'm not judging you. I'm just making you completely aware that what you're doing will result in punishment. And I want you to be aware of that.
1: Yeah. Um, I think we even see it a lot of times. I see people get at um, street preachers a lot for this, Mm -hmm. right? They're the ones that are being accused of bringing judgment. And although I understand, like sometimes I hear street preachers, I'm like, that's a little- Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes Mm -hmm. I understand it. But a lot of times- they're literally just doing what Jesus did. If we go to Mark, um, when Jesus begins his ministry and he goes into Galilee, I believe, what are the very first things that he says? He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and be saved. Right? Repent. He's telling everyone. That that was the first thing Jesus said as yeah. he started his ministry. As soon as he enters the town, he says, repent. The kingdom of God is coming. Yeah. And, and he's asking, turn away from your evil ways. Mm-hmm. Stop doing these things because god is coming back this day of judgment is coming so in the same way if we're judging these street preachers then why aren't we looking at jesus with that same kind of um logic right when he literally goes into the town and does the same thing that they're doing or they're doing the same thing that he's done
0: and it's tough to convince people of this you see like even now we've been talking for like I don't know how long this podcast, probably like 30 minutes, maybe um, that we've been speaking about this, but like, this is the amount of time it takes to explain the intricacies of what it actually means to judge a person. And you just don't have that time when you're interacting with people who are already hostile, who are already upset, who already think you're the biggest judge on the planet. And, and at the same time too, I think there's also some misconceptions on the whole thing that Jesus said with the speck in the log. Um, as a matter of fact, Jesus in, in one of the... Because there's multiple versions of Jesus saying that. But what he says is, it's not necessarily not to point out the speck in your brother's eyes. He's saying, don't, don't try to remove the speck in your brother's eye while you have a log in your own. Everybody leaves it at that. Don't point the speck in my eye if you've got a log in yours. Mm-hmm. you got a log in your eye. And it's like, okay... No, that's not how that works. The way that Jesus was saying it was, in order to properly remove the speck in another person's eye, you can't have a log in yours, because then removing that speck is going to be very difficult. First remove the log in your eye, then you can properly remove the speck in your brother's eye. What he was saying was, not necessarily don't judge people, although that is part of it, but what he was saying was, In order to properly help people, you have to make sure that you're living the life as well, Mm -hmm. right? Which keeps a lot of people from evangelizing, witnessing, and, you know, it's like, oh, well, I've got a log in my eye, so I can't really do anything in the church. It's like, no, that's not what that means. It just means work on you because when you work on you, you can better work on others. Mm -hmm. You can help people a lot better when you're helping yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you just tolerate sin in your life and you tolerate all these issues, you're never going to be able to help people with their issues when you have so many of your own so, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, what else we got? Um, oh, this is the vor- verse that you were talking about. Which one? Oh, that First 1 Corinthians, First
1: Corinthians five twelve through thirteen. Oh yeah, I didn't even. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot we put it in the outline. Yeah, yeah, the outline.
0: I forgot. <laughs> For what do I have to do with judging Outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Literally, Paul is telling us: Listen, don't judge outsiders right? But the people inside, you you got to judge those people.
1: And, and I think that goes back to what Jesus was saying he, yeah. he when he was saying that they're already condemned. Don't judge them. They've been judged, right? Yeah. Don't judge them. They've already been judged. Right? There's no need to bring judgment to them. They have They've judgment. been judged already. Mm-hmm. But for us, we need to be corrected. We need to bring judgment upon. Well, not like judgment in the sense of like where you're going, but correction to those that are inside the church, because we're supposed to be living a highly state to a higher standard and we're not Mm. there yet. So I I think when he says you don't judge outsiders, because he's
0: literally saying what Jesus said, they're
1: already judged. You don't Mm. judge them already. There's no point.
0: So then, so that if I'm a person in the church, I've given my heart to Jesus I no longer have a right to use that scripture <laughs> in that way. You can't judge me. The Bible says you can't judge me. And it's like, hey, uh, can you st- you're kind of gossiping about a person. Can can you not gossip and slander people? Don't judge me. It's like Um 1 Corinthians 5, 12 through 13 says You're gonna be that so guy though. The, ju- the yeah. one that
1: brings out all the Bible verses. Well, technically am i wrong
0: (laughs) am i wrong (laughs) she blew up in a bubble bro i'm just thinking of that guy with the 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 The, the, oh that one that video yeah 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 i I love that video all right anyway but yeah no no, it's um yeah like we and and there's a good reason for that it says to judge those inside the body and for great reason and it's i think paul says it, it says for the name of the lord is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. The reason why people don't want to come to church is that the church is full of hypocrites. We enable that because we're so afraid of judging and being judgmental, right? Like it's not, if, you, if somebody does something that's sinful and you know it, it's our responsibility according to Jesus to go to that person and say, hey, listen, I've noticed this. There's a trend in your life and I just want to hold you accountable. Right. And there's certain people we could do that to. Like if it's a baby Christian, you need to be careful how you do it. If it's somebody who's a non-believer, you're probably just going to get them to leave the church if you address it. But if it's a person who's been in the faith for a while, they should be perfectly okay. We should be okay with accountability, with people coming up to us and saying, hey, man, a little off here, you know, and notice this. Are are you okay? You know, I'm praying for you like that's our responsibility, Um, because, again, we have to take care of the church and its witness and its testimony and we can't just let people continue to live in sin because then now the whole world rejects us because of that hypocrisy um i like what it says it says god judges those outside purge the evil person from among you
1: Mm -hmm. like that's tough i think Paul, paul paul says that a couple times um he talks about also when he's talking about like the sexually immoral yeah um he says that um those who, I, I think he, I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but um, I, I remember the gist of what he was saying. And it's basically those who feel like no remorse for their sin, those who keep dragging down the congregation and they cannot, um, mm-hmm. because because again, we're one body. So if one of us is struggling, then we all struggle. But if one feels no remorse, purge them from among you, get, right. get them out because they're, they're not good for you. Right. right. So obviously we don't kick out every person who's struggling. Right, right exactly right, we, we do our best mm-hmm. but if this person feels no remorse if this person continues to drag us down and they have no um evidence or fruit of that ever changing unrepentant unrepentant mm-hmm. then we have to be like okay but you're just you're slowing us down and we can't we can't slow down yeah we can't. the church we, is on the move yeah. we, we we do our best to pick up everybody who's struggling but if we're holding on to that weight Mm-hmm. And I don't mean dead weight to make them seem like lesser. What no, I mean yeah. is that if they're if they're not helping progress the church and they're just stuck in sin and they don't want to repent, then we have to do what we need to do for the church because the body of Christ needs to survive.
0: Yeah, I think it's it, it's like in the what you're saying is basically like there are going to be people who are sexually immoral. Mm-hmm. If there's a person who's sexually immoral and they're struggling with that help that brother out mm-hmm. lovingly help with that brother with their with their struggle if there's a person who's sexually immoral but they're unrepentant and they don't they don't care then I would just kind of be careful around such a person because such a person could affect you as a person right and so we we're, we're always very wary of people who are unrepentant in their lifestyle of sin um and it's better off that people like that leave especially if they're unrepentant because what happens is it's like it's one thing if you sin but if you begin to sin and you begin to cause others to sin and stumble Mm -hmm. right like I, i i picture a guy who is you know single but he's going from one girl to another to another all the single ladies in the church and just sleeping with them and trying to coerce them it's like in such a case it's like bro can you stop you know like you you have literally defiled and gone from person to person to person and it, you need to either get your act together or you need to get out you're dragging down the church yeah right you're, you're, you're... causing others to stumble mm-hmm. and we know what jesus said about that when you cause others to stumble it's like, he used he the harsh example yeah, too when he, he said he's that like, go get in the boat take a nice cruise you know relax then tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the abyss. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what? what the heck? No, Yo, Jesus, you just—he goes from zero to a hundred real quick. He's like, "Yo, get in a boat, get out there in the middle of the ocean, right? No, relax, and then basically drown yourself. It's like because it's that's that is much better mm-hmm. than than causing a person to stumble and sin. It's he it says, "Woe to the world for sin." But woe to the person who causes another person to sin, um, which is a very huge, yeah, huge and, issue.
1: And I think the, the 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 church does a good job of doing that. Um, yeah. I, I, can't, I don't know about all other churches, but I know, you know, um,
0: church discipline is. Yeah, very it, it, important. it's because, mm-hmm.
1: again, this is tolerance that we're talking about. Correct. And we can't just allow everything to slide within our, our congregation. Yeah, we, we have to say, okay, I see something's going on. Well, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And that's the first action I think a church should always take. Mm-hmm. Sit, talk, let's go over this, right? Yep. What's going on? Yeah. And if it keeps on happening over and over and over and over again, like God does when we were talking about the Canaanites, how long mm-hmm. did that go on for hundreds of years? Right. And then he said, okay, enough is enough. And the church needs to do the same when it comes yes. to things like this. We have to mm-hmm. go, okay, enough is enough. Look, we had talked about this. We had given you opportunities, We've given but you're, chances. We're, you're dragging down the congregation and we, we can't allow you to be here anymore. Damn. And it's tough to see mm-hmm. the church do that, but we see, loving that as well because now they're looking up for the congregation and although it's going to cost us one person better that this whole congregation stays than you know one person leaves. and it's sad you it know is. we don't want to have to do that but
0: and and it's very rare where that has to happen like yeah you know like just because you know again just because a person is Sexually immoral what is sexual, sexual immorality anyway. I mean, we're talking lots of things. You're talking about just lust in and of itself is sexually immoral. Pornography addictions are sexually immoral. But it doesn't mean because somebody has a porn addiction you're kicked out of the church. Not at all. As a matter of fact, we bear with those people. We help them. We give them counsel. We try to help them with their struggle. Um, But again, it's like that's a very private struggle. And Mm -hmm. so with that, we understand and we work with people like that. Tons of patience, tons of tolerance for that. You know what I mean? Like uh, you may be struggling even even when it comes to like same-sex attraction, for example. This is a really good topic because it comes with tolerance. Like you have to tolerate people who have – that same sex attraction and for me i'm like like i I don't think it's a problem that gay people exist at all you know what i mean even though i wouldn't i wouldn't classify them as being gay because i don't think you classify people according to your sexual preferences i just don't think that's a thing oh pump smack this thing again um but um but i think that let's say that you have a person in the church right what do we believe as christians we believe that sexual that That homosexuality, amongst many other sexually immoral sins, including pornography and many of these other things, are wrong in the eyes of God. They are sin. But at the same time, God died. Jesus died on the cross to redeem that, right? So that we um, who struggle with those things, Jesus died on the cross to forgive that sin. As long as you recognize and acknowledge that it's sin and that you're able to say, I'm trying to resist this. And I'm still struggling with it. But at the same time, I'm still putting my trust and faith in Jesus that that sex, that person who struggles with same sex attraction can live a very healthy relationship with Jesus and be saved. Um,
1: Yeah. And and I love talking about this because I think that when it comes to homosexuality and Christianity, we see it as like the boogeyman, right? Like it's the worst of the worst. It's the worst sin in the world. As though like a a sexually immoral straight man is not as bad as a sexually immoral gay man, which is not the case at all. They're they're Um, both evil in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, one of the biggest things is that when it comes to like homosexuality, this might be like a little hot take for most people. But, um, you know, I feel like I should say it anyways, that um, when we're dealing with homosexuality in the church, our job is not to make that person straight because the spirit yes. is not a spirit of heterosexuality. It's a spirit of self-control. Correct. That's exactly what it is. So there are going to be some people who still have that attraction, but they fight it every day Mm -hmm. and they crucify their flesh every single day they die to their desires every day and Mm -hmm. it's because although they're dealing with that they know that that lifestyle isn't acceptable so they battle it all the time we're not looking to change you and make you now you need to go find a girlfriend and a wife no i think um i think there's been a ton of people even probably within this church or many other churches who had that same sex attraction and they're just single for the rest of their life because they don't, I, we yeah. we know that some I've people have people that change, yeah. right? Where they they were once gay, now they're straight, and yeah. they like women. But some don't go that route, and yeah. some just stay single because they think it's better to just fight this on their own mm-hmm. than possibly bring a wife into that and struggle with that while right, right, having right. a wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, because
0: it's it, you know it's it's understandable. You know what I mean? Like a guy who. Maybe he has had an addiction to pornography and he's still battling that. And then he gets married and he's still battling with it. Even in marriage, you look at that person, and you're like, man, it sucks that you have to go through that. But he has a commitment to his wife and he cannot continue to do those things. And so you have to counsel those people and you have to help them with what they're struggling with. It's not a it's not a it's not an easy conversation. Um you know, but I think that the church needs to be more open today to understanding that as a struggle, you know, because they're like you said, I've met people who have who who are struggling with same sex attraction. And I've met people who um, um, who have been able to get rid of it like cold turkey because God just gave them that grace for them to, you know, and, you know, some people might describe them as maybe being bisexual because they were like, oh, well, they didn't care whether it was a guy or a girl, and then they were, you know, but it's not the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? I think that the church needs to have a lot of grace when it comes to that topic, because we're going to lose a lot of people. If we don't change the way we're approaching this, Mm -hmm. I, I know the way we used to approach it. Um, and that, that has to change. I don't think that our position needs to change. I don't think that our doctrine should change. I think that in our core belief, we believe that homosexuality is, is, is sinful. But we also believe that a lot of other things are... Pornography is sinful. Like 80% of men struggle with that. (laughs) Or something like that. It's a crazy statistic. Um, And it's it's crazy to see that because it's like, man, you outcast... Sorry, punch this thing again. You outcast the homosexual because of their same-sex attraction, but you embrace the porn user. I don't understand how you can do that. And I don't understand how you can't be more loving towards that person. Now, I will love you but um at the same time i know that god doesn't tolerate sin so there's that fine line between love and tolerance where we mm-hmm. say god loves you god loves you even in your sin god loves you if you are struggling with same-sex attraction things like that god loves you man and god wants to help you with that struggle because that's what it is it's a struggle and you know what you may deal with it for the rest of your life but know that there is saving grace in jesus christ and in the blood of jesus he has washed you and made you clean Will you still struggle with that for the rest of your life? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe cold turkey. God will get you through it. I don't know. But the idea is that you're willing to admit, hey, I know this is wrong and I'm going to be on the path to seek out God's forgiveness.
1: We are sinners saved by grace. And um, Mm -hmm. that's what we are, sinners. Yeah. Still. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when we receive, I remember you said it and it always stuck with me. Whenever, when, when you get saved, it doesn't make you sinless. It just makes you sin. Less. less right right and, and i love that so much because once we receive grace are we still sinners mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're going to continue to fall now we don't have habits of doing it anymore but right. we still fall like we were going over what paul said like how you had said in the last podcast the things that i want to do i don't do them and the things that i don't want to do i do them paul one of the most profound leaders in our faith one who, who wrote one third of the new testament still struggled yeah. right so we can't per, um, expect perfection especially from people oh, yeah. struggling with yeah. sexuality and stuff like that now do we tolerate it no but we understand that we are sinners saved by grace and right. they are going to continue to struggle we all are going to yeah. continue to
0: struggle correct so we th- th- think that for the church it's to understand we don't embrace that lifestyle you know what I mean uh, just because I love people doesn't mean I'm going to go to the next parade it doesn't mean that I'm gonna start attending weddings. It means that I'm still going to understand God's design for marriage, and I'm gonna teach my children that, and that's the way I'm gonna live my life. And this idea of tolerance needs to go both ways because I disagree with the 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 mainstream media's idea that you know, like the mainstream idea of homosexuality is completely normal. It's completely okay um you know i for me i disagree with that and we have for a long time and this is a this is a biblically based idea in the old and new testament it is clear that homosexuality is sin mm-hmm. right the practice of it um and then but at the same time i realize that there's a lot of grace and a lot of mercy for people that God is willing and able to forgive people. So for me, I'm just sitting here and saying, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I don't embrace that lifestyle. I'm not going to change what the scriptures say um, because it's convenient. Um, and I'm going to tolerate people that would identify themselves as homosexual, although I wouldn't identify them that way. I would just say, hey, man, I understand. And I, although I disagree with you, on your stance, I still love you as a human being because you're made in the image of God. Yeah.
1: Um, I think that there there was a pastor who um, said it best. I forgot wh- who it was, but when someone asked him, he said, um, do you support um, the LGBTQ community? He's like, I don't support the LGBTQ. I support people, right? Mm, yeah. I stand by people. right? And in standing by people, I hope to do what is best for those people. I mm-hmm. don't stand by you. And I won't go to, he said, I won't go to your parades. I won't go to your weddings, but I will support you and understand that you're struggling mm-hmm. and that you need help. And I stand by you in that way. Right. Right. I don't, I don't support what you do, but I support you as a person and I'm hoping and cheering you on, hoping for the best yeah. for you.
0: Absolutely. That's just what we need, man. We need more love and, um, in a sense, tolerance. But at the same time, understanding what tolerance really means. It's not what the world means. The world says tolerance is that you need to stop disagreeing with this lifestyle. You need to just accept it and that it's a part of our society and that you don't need to disagree with it. But I'm like, in order for it to be tolerance, I need to disagree. (laughs) Um, That's what tolerance is by definition. It's that I disagree, but I will I will be understanding with it. And I think that's where the church needs to be as a place is, I understand that it's a very prevalent thing. We understand that it exists and um, we love people of, of all, you know, uh, uh, walks of life. But at the same time, we will not be shaken on what we believe about that. Um, That will not be removed from the church. Praying to God that the law in this country doesn't get to a point where they start, uh persecuting people you know because that's not very intolerant (laughs) um if 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 you if you want me to tolerate you you have to tolerate me and this is what i believe and i hope that you're able to understand and accept that and that we could just love one another even though we disagree yeah thanks for joining us for this episode of vcast if you really liked what you heard um, share it with a friend. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to follow us. Uh, subscribe to us. Make sure that you guys are following us on social media, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Viva Church. Um, look up Viva Church online and you'll be able to see all of our social media accounts. And uh, just give us a follow and like some of our stuff, man. We would really appreciate that. Um, if you could just take a few seconds to do that, it, it helps us out greatly with the channel channel helps us to uh, continue to reach more people. Um, So please, please help us out by just clicking those like buttons and and turning on notifications and uh, sharing this with your friends. We appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for listening. And uh, as always, if you guys need anything, you can contact us through social media if you have any questions um, or if you have any uh, uh, suggestions or things you want to hear from our podcast. Just let us know and we'll uh, we'll definitely get back to you and uh, see how we can incorporate that. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. God bless you.